finishes him. How about that? One. What a hit. Falls free on the ground. South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do. Oh, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. Way to the end zone, and Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide. You got barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me. Welcome back to Zero Bowls. Patrick, how are we doing? Ned, doing pretty good. We got a nice weekend of research and development this weekend. We sure do. The, the yes. annual corporate retreat. Yeah, the annual corporate retreat. That's right. Yeah. Big things come for Zero Bowls 2024. Um, all right, let's just jump right into some news. Um, none of this is like quite news news, but I, I thought this was interesting uh, happening one right after the other. You know, you, you kind of watch in the first third of the season as you're trying to figure out who you want to be, trying to see what works, what doesn't. The middle third is you find out who you actually are. Um, and then the final third is when reality starts to set in, I mm-hmm. think. And we had two coaches doing uh, something I thought was really interesting. Pat Narduzzi, after Pitt got obliterated by Notre Dame, was like, well, we had good players last year, and then this year we don't have good players. Oh, and interesting. His players didn't really like that very much, if you can believe it. Uh, yeah, I uh, can't. I can't imagine the uh, tight end converted to quarterback. Or wait, no, he made Jer- uh, Jerkovich go yeah. to uh, tight end. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm Mul- sure the players are very not happy about that. Yeah, multiple players quote tweeted the tweet and were like, "What the hell? Like this sucks." Not too happy about it. So when you lose the locker room nine weeks in, that's not usually a good sign. The football season nah. is, is 13 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's a problem. And things have just gone so wrong at Pitt. And this is just the latest example. Um, so that's just something I'm keeping an eye out on. Uh, then down in Charlotte, Biff Poggy, the new coach, and their suspended players. Uh, Charlotte got blown out by FAU. And he said, I'm extremely disappointed with our comportment as a football team against FAU. I have made the decision to immediately suspend various players for a game against Tulsa. Um, and, you know, he's a new coach. He's coming in out of nowhere. And I, I think Charlotte, I think is two and six this year. And he's had it. And so he's just suspending players for not having the right attitude. I don't know if I've ever huh. seen that before. Um, yeah, I'm sure that'll fix it. Yep. Um, a lot, a lot of work to do down there in Charlotte. It, it, it appears. How did Florida only beat this team twenty-two to seven? That's my question. That's a good question. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I, I just thought that was interesting. Um, we kind of are in the point of the season where every week's press conference it gets a little bit looser because coaches are like, "Well, we are what we are at this point." Um, especially teams that are struggling. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about another coach who who made some headlines this week. Um. But I, I just thought that was interesting, something to watch out for. I think also as we move into November, we're getting into firing season. Um, for example, Brian Ferentz will not be back at Iowa. The, the drive for 325 is dead. Uh, Iowa but, fans are rejoicing. How do you feel to, to lose that? Uh, 
Let me tell you what, though. Like, I, th- I saw something where if every coach or offensive coordinator in the Big Ten West was held to the point standard that uh, Brian was yeah. assigned to, they'd all get fired. That's how bad the West is this year. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought that's really interesting. And from everything I've heard, it looks like Kirk Ferentz is not long for that job either. Yeah. Um, because generally you don't let your son get fired out from under you if you're going to be sticking around. That's not, that's not a move an AD would make if they thought they had to deal with you anymore. You never want to outcoach your son. Yep. You know what yep. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So let's get to the week nine recap. Uh, not too many big games last week. Um, but we're going to start off with a pretty surprising upset, I would say. Kansas 38, Oklahoma 33. This was a very even game. Um, the total yards were 443 to 440. Uh, there's three to three in turnovers. We had a lightning delay. Um, it's kind of a, a weird game here, but Oklahoma went two of 10 on third down. I think that's what cost them the game here. Yeah. Um, this is like a really, this is a very tone setting game for the college football playoff rankings. Like the first one, mm-hmm. um, kind of like, you know, set ripples here. Uh, Kansas went up 14 zero and I kind of had a feeling this was going to be a upset alert for this game. But, um, I'll tell you what, man, 14 months ago, could you imagine Kansas doing this? I don't think so. Absolutely um, not. I mean, it's the first time that they beat Oklahoma since 1997. It's the first home top 10 win since 1984. Pretty damn cool. Um, but plus, plus they did this with their backup quarterback. Yes. Uh, Mr. Bean. If they had done this with Jaden Daniels, like a player who's very, very good, uh, has been consistently excellent in the Big 12 uh, when he's healthy, I would, especially at home, I wouldn't be too, too surprised. But doing this with Bean what was very surprising. Um, well, Bean you know, didn't really do much in this game. Like, you know, he, he really did. And that's he just had a few too. good runs. Yeah, a, a long of 38. Um, but yeah, he wasn't great throwing the ball, under 50% completion rate, uh, 218 total yards, no touchdowns, two picks. So, I mean, yeah, not even 300 total yards of offense, and they still managed to find a way to win this game. I, yeah. I, I was very surprised. Um, I expected, you know, when you, when you see a team like Oklahoma lose to a team like Kansas, um, you know, a top five team lose to a, to an unranked team. Um, normally, there's like one player on the on the upset team that that goes off, like it goes crazy, uh, or the high ranked team had a million turnovers, but it, that wasn't really the case here. It was just two evenly matched football teams uh, playing a game and, and Kansas came out on top, which I, I found very surprising. Yeah. And Oklahoma's kind of looked like mortal since the Red River rivalry game. Um, since that went against Texas, they've, and they barely escaped UCF last week. Um, and then here they lose to Kansas, the unranked team, which is something to look out for in the weekend matchup this weekend. Um, because they did lose their star linebacker, Danny Stutzman, in this game, which is a huge yes. blow to that defense. Um, but, I mean, the, no one really – I was very surprised that Kansas was able to win this game. Um, just big upset for Oklahoma. Didn't really see that one coming. Um, so, I don't know how they'll fare for the rest of the season. I, I Oklahoma State this weekend is very feisty, just like Kansas right now. Um yeah, could, so, could, have, could have been a look-ahead spot for the Sooners there, yeah. looking, looking ahead to Bedlam. Um, but Oklahoma, like, that's the benefit of being Texas is you have this wiggle room now. Like, you can eat this loss, kind of refocus, 
get back to the Big 12 championship. I, I feel like if they're a one-loss Big 12 champion, they'll get in. Yeah. Uh, especially if they beat Texas twice. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're okay for now. Uh, the season is certainly not over, but now, now there's no more uh, margin for error. No. Uh, and, you, you know, probably, you know, Dylan Gabriel is a hot Heisman pick for a while, and this might have cost him that as well. Yeah, not great passing. He didn't have three touchdowns on the ground, but uh, just just yeah. like uh, uh, Jason Bean, he didn't really do much in the air in this one. No, two hundred. How's my math? Two hundred thirty-five total yards between the air and the ground. Yeah, yeah. that's that, that's not exactly Heisman numbers. No. Um, Oregon thirty-five, Utah six. Uh oh. Oregon slapped the shit out of them. And at Rice Eccles too, which is um. Yeah. Uh huh. Utah is a team that has won 27 of the last 28 at home, and I think they're on like a 17 home win streak. Um, yeah, uh, seems that a third string quarterback in safety running back doesn't really help when you go against a, go up against a very good Oregon Duck team, especially when you when that third string quarterback turns the ball over twice. Um, that that certainly doesn't help, but you know we, we talked about it a little bit last week. Oregon is just um, is just as skilled as the USC, uh, you know, at, at wideout and, and you know the ball carriers, but they're just as physical as Utah. Yeah, and so and they made Utah pay. They, I mean, they just whipped their ass. Frankly, um, it yeah, this this was a beatdown. Um, yeah, three three rushing touchdowns. It was like Oregon jumped out to a pretty quickly in this game. I think it was 14, three very quickly. And I was like, all right, th- this one is over. And if they just, and you know, it was 21 to six at halftime for two more quick touchdowns on to start the third quarter. Um, you know, the, Oregon was never in trouble here. This was a really, really impressive win. And given how Washington has looked the past couple weeks, uh, despite the win at home over, over Oregon, I, I think the Ducks are the better squad. What, what, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, the Ducks are probably the best team in the Pac-12 right now. Um, Bo Nix is excellent, of course. I mean, Michael Penks is great too, but um, he's playing really efficient football. Their their defense is top-notch. They're only allowing like 4.7 yards a carry. Um, on top of the other side of it, they have one of the best lines of the country. Like They just right now stack up really well. In the Pac-12, um, they're just they're all, I think their offensive lines like one point four percent sack rate allowed, which is crazy. Um, they're doing a fantastic job, and they have a pretty sound schedule to finish out this year and probably make a push for the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I mean they're they're like Oklahoma now, where they got it. They got to take care of business. Yeah, the rest of the way. It's like you said. It certainly won't be easy, but. Um, I, I think there's a squad that can do it and then beat or beat Washington in the rematch or, you know, maybe uh, they, they play USC already. So um, who knows uh, what, what could happen there? Um, but yeah, I, I think I like Oregon to make the playoff. Honestly, at this point, given how they have played since that Washington loss struggled a little bit with Washington state, but then they, they shifted into that third gear and just kind of blew past them. Ultimately mm-hmm. played dominate whistle whistle in this Utah game. And they don't like, they played Stanford. They won 42 to six Washington played Stanford last week. And it was a, you know, it got a little hairy there for a second. Yeah. Um, there hasn't been any downed point for Oregon at all this year. And you're starting to see the cracks in Washington. Um, and you know, we'll talk about Washington's game this weekend. That's a game they could easily lose. So, uh, I, I think Oregon's pretty comfortably in the driver's seat here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Ooh, speaking of blowing it, Georgia Tech 46, North Carolina 42. Um, and to make matters worse, North Carolina was winning 14 nothing after the first quarter. So yeah. ap- after the first quarter, Georgia Tech, that's right, Georgia Tech outscored them 46 to 28. Uh, Pat, Patrick, you know, it, it's been sort of a long week. Uh, my mind's a little hazier. Can you help me out? Is that good? Um, no. Oh, okay. Interesting. Um, Georgia Tech scored two fewer points against North Carolina mm-hmm. than they did against South Carolina State. Mm. Like, you, you know, North Carolina started the year. The defense looked fairly serious. Um, but if you look back at that schedule now, that whenever South Carolina kind of lost its shine. That yeah. six-point winner over App State's lost its shine. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know what I mean? And, and you know, you, I think you, I, I personally built a lot of narrative out of, I'm like, okay, North Carolina might be a pretty good team. Look what they did to these two squads um, out of that early season. But they've completely fallen off the cliff right now. Um, yeah. You, you, can, you, can lose to, to you, you can lose to a UVA once. It happens. I'm a fan of a team that lost to Marshall last year. Um <laughs> Putting up these performances in back-to-back weeks is crazy. Like, you cannot do this. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not a good look. Um, I mean, every time I would, like, cut to this game, I <clears throat> felt like Georgia Tech had a run for, like, 45 yards. And um, it is, it's it's kind of crazy as a coach to do this twice in a row. Um, yep. Some would say fireable, like – you can't really come back. Like this team was in the top ten two weeks ago, and they're—I I don't remember the rankings now. They're probably unranked, I'd imagine. Um, let's see. There were seventeen going into this game. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's fireable. It might be retireable. It's re- yeah, okay. It's retireable. Yeah. Yeah. They—they they are unranked. They are the if you if you extended out the top twenty-five, they'd be the number twenty-seven team. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do yeah. like that. Um, sorry, sorry to cut you off here. That the two teams that dropped from the rankings this week, right as college basketball's game started, were North Carolina and Duke. Very Hilarious. Poetic. Yeah, very, very poetic. Very like, poetic. Duke, yeah, I mean, like you said, th- this is an awful loss for Matt Brown. Like, it maybe after losing UVA, he was like, "Well, it was my shot for a title. I'm checking out now." <laughs> it's just. They lost a lot here. Just the game itself. Uh, Tez Walker got hit really bad um, oh towards the end God, of this yeah. game and had to go yeah. to the hospital. Yeah. Um, oof, man. <laughs> uh, UNC fans look away the rest of the season. And you're done. Um, could they still win the ACC? Is that possible? Maybe. Yeah. Probably. I mean, yeah, but here's the thing now. Like, because. Louisville's schedule sets up so softly the rest of the way. Um, you got to think they're in the driver's seat because, you know, UNC, just because uh, of the way the schedules work, they don't have a chance to beat Louisville one-on-one. So they got to hope Louisville loses. Um, Louisville quietly number 13 in the country. I don't quite think they're that good. Um, but Louisville is Virginia Tech, UVA, Miami, Kentucky. You know, Kentucky's on a conference game. So they have Tech, Virginia, Miami. I, I don't really see them losing any of those games. I mean, maybe Miami. Uh, Miami's been a little down. But, I mean, and, and obviously Florida State, 6-0 and already in conference. Um, 
they're basically locked into the ACC championship game. So North Carolina has to hope for one spot here. And I, and I just don't think they're going to get it. Yeah. It's a tough hill to climb with the the way the schedule plays out for, you know, the other teams that are in the top. Um, It's, I probably say that they're not going to make the ACC game um, just because the way, like you said, Louisville schedule is panning out. Um, But, Damn, that's, I mean, just, God, I can't imagine. Just two weeks in a row, you lose to pretty bad teams. It's And you it's just, you look bad at doing it, too. I don't know what happened here. I mean, they got Drake May. Um, their defense is playing well. But then, yeah, you look at their schedule from the beginning of the season, and they were playing some cupcake games. So, um, yeah. Oof. Just not very impressive looking back on it. All right, some quick hits uh, from the Big Ten. Penn State 23, Indiana 14 – or no, sorry. Penn State 33, Indiana 24. Um, this was a weird one. Yeah. Uh, Penn State just like couldn't quite put them away. And it, it seemed – and I'm kind of – I have a lot of questions about Penn State. There was on- like – this game was – and I mean, Indiana was driving at the end to tie the game. Yeah. Um, and they had the safety that happened that effectively ended the game. Um, yep. It was – they were beating Penn State – or Penn State was beating itself a lot in this game. There were – I think there was a 90-yard 90, 90 pass for a touchdown, a 69-yard pass for a touchdown, a 26-yard pass for a touchdown. So they're getting beat deep multiple times in this game um, yeah. for a defense that has really good – a really good secondary, um, which was uncharacteristic of the squad. Um, but I didn't watch much of this game, but I did see the one like pass though. Everyone's like drew Aller can't throw it deep. And he threw like a 57 yard bomb. I was like, that was sick. Okay. Yeah. Now we know he can do that. But, um, yeah, yeah, Penn state's like, this was Indiana sucks. They're not good. If they play like this against Michigan, they're going to get, they're going to lose by 40. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That was kind of my takeaway. I was like, Penn State just looks sloppy, man. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, elsewhere looking a little sloppy. Ohio State 24, Wisconsin 10. Um, this game was closer than that. And, and yeah. we, we joked about it uh, in last week's show. Like, this Ohio State does not lose this game. It's not going to happen. They'll probably win easily. And this was another game, much like I would say the Notre Dame game. I would say the Penn State game is it just came to the fact that they have Marvin Harrison Jr. and you don't. Yeah. Um, it's just like, and listen, if I'm a Buckeyes fan, knowing having the security blanket like that is pretty nice. Like, I, I think he's the best player in the country. Um, yeah. It just doesn't seem like anyone can stop him. Six for 123, two touchdowns. Um, Maserati Marv, as Gus Johnson calls him. Mm-hmm. Um, just no one can stop him right now. And I just don't. And and so my question with Ohio State is that defense is very good. And holding Wisconsin to 10 points, um, no, you know, no matter who the quarterback is, no matter what the offense is, I mean, that, that's what you want to see. I just have – I wonder if if a team can score on Ohio State a little bit, you can just double cover Marvin Harrison, you know. Like I, I don't think McCord's good enough. Uh, getting no. Trevion Harrison back healthy is certainly helps. He was very. Yeah, he, 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 made, very he made a difference in this game. He had the game-winning touchdown that put it away. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, I if if you go up against a stellar defense, Michigan's going to do what you said right here. They're going to double cover Marvin Harris, Marvin Harrison, and make Kyle McCord win the game. I don't know if you can do it. Um, yeah. College football playoff committee right now says they're number one team in the country. Okay, um, but we'll find out Thanksgiving weekend if these guys are for real or not, or as Lou Holtz called them, soft. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a bummer that it all comes down to that, but. I mean, that's just the way it is right now. That's the way they're playing. Um, I don't quite think Rutgers is going to do it, nor Michigan State. But, hey, maybe those Golden Gophers. Um, All right, let's move on to studs and duds. Patrick, who is your stud? My stud, again, is Ollie Gordon, the running back from Oklahoma State. Again, he had 25 carries and over 250 yards with 271 and two touchdowns. This guy... Like is out rushing multiple, many, 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 many full teams in the past a few games. I think he is killing it. Yeah, that dude's a stud. I'm excited to watch him this week against Oklahoma. Yeah, Bedlam's gonna be nice. It's gonna be nice. Yeah, my uh, stud is Xavier Watts, Notre Dame. Uh, Mm -hmm. He had two more picks this weekend against Pitt. Uh, He leads the nation in interceptions. You hear Mm -hmm. that? And, you know, losing Benjamin Morrison didn't play in this game, one of Notre Dame's excellent corners, and neither did Cam Hart. So Watts being able to step up and get two turnovers is huge. Yeah. Um, Notre Dame, a, a team that maybe if they hadn't uh, had just 10 players on the field, would be looking really dangerous for the playoff right now. Um, and I, I heard on Splits on Duo, they said, you know, if, this was, if there was a 12-team playoff, I think teams would not want to play Notre Dame right now. And that's true, but that's college football for you. Um, you also could have not uh, – or, or sorry, you could have actually shown up to play Louisville. That yeah. could have helped as well. Yeah, it could have well, helped. We, we don't have to get into it. My dad uh, is Keenan Slovis from BYU. 25 of 40, uh, 197 and two picks. As, as BYU just got hammered by, by a banged-up Texas team. Um, Slovis has just not been good this year. Uh, he started out pretty well. And I said, oh, he just got that pit stink off of him. That's why he's playing so well. Uh, looks like that's not necessarily the case. Uh, BYU's really struggling with that jump up to the Big 12. Yeah, they really are. Um, my dud was Duke's quarterback, Riley Leonard. Um, I know he's injured, but 9 for 23, 121 yards, and one interception does not do it for you. They got destroyed by the Louisville. <laughs> Shut yep, up. Yep, they sure did. Yeah, and like when like his ankle is certainly part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he was he was bad. That's how bad their backup is. You put Riley yeah. Leonard out there like that. <laughs> exactly. All right, uh, let's get to Fire's ass. Mine, Mike Loxley, come on back down, brother. Um, this is the second time in three weeks, and we might have a new leader in the clubhouse. Um, 33-27 loss to Northwestern, and it wasn't this close. They just did not show up in this game, and they lost to a bad Northwestern team. Like, what are you doing, dude? You let Northwestern score 33 points on you. I think that says it all. Yeah, that's bad. That's definitely mm-hmm. very fireable. Um, fuck, dude. And it's like they have two Leo, and I feel like every year Maryland's like, well. They, st- they started 5-0, and and now they've lost three straight Big Ten games. Didn't they do that last year too? Didn't they start out really hot and yeah, then they just shit the bed in conference play? That's what they've done every year for about a decade now. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah, uh, losing the turnover battle to nothing doesn't help. Um, but it it doesn't matter. That's just two. You got to win this game, man. Five point eight yards per pass for Maryland. Eleven point five with Northwestern. I'm sorry. Who has two? His brother. It, was, it doesn't seem like it's the Terrapins. Yeah. Um, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, bad, bad, bad loss there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it's not going to get any easier as they go down the stretch. They're they're five and three. They have Penn State this weekend. Um, they've got Michigan in a couple weeks, and then in, in between those, they got Nebraska and Rutgers. If they want to make a bowl game, they got to get going. Like yeah. they they've blown their two best chances to get that six win so far. Um, and, and Nebraska's been feisty this year. Uh, and Rutgers is three and two in the conference. Like there's certainly no pushover. Mm-hmm. So. It's getting late all for early down College Park. Um, all right, who's asked you firing? Uh, we talked about him, Mac Brown. Um, yep. You just, like, you can't do that. You can't lose back-to-back games like that as a team with, with high expectations going into the season. And you lose to the two, arguably the two worst teams in the, in the ACC back-to-back weeks. Not a good look. And he's been doing this for years where he drops a dumb one and derails the season. Uh, it's time for the guy to hang him up. Yep. Um, all right. Let's get to the main character of the week. And we have two <clears throat> main characters this week. It's Coach Dabo Swinney and Tyler. Tyler from Spartanburg. Yeah. Um, if you missed it, you should really seek it out. It's very good. Tyler from Spartanburg calls up the Clemson um, – you know, call in coach radio show and goes on a nice little tirade about how Dabo makes, um, you know, $10 million a year. And, and they, you know, they're not winning national championships, whatever, you know, he, you know, um, just really lays into him. And then Dabo really kicked it off there. I haven't seen Dabo get this fired up in quite a while. He went on, I believe a five minute and 10 second ramp, just ripping into this kid. And it was great. Clemson fan it was base. great. Yeah. And he, he wasn't wrong, which was interesting. Yeah. Um, because yeah, Clemson is four and four right now. It's not been a good year. It hasn't. Uh, the, last year they won ten games, and every, and it's because of the expectation that Dabo has set at that program due to his coaching, his program building, that it's national championship or bust. And um, I remember plenty of Clemson teams growing up that weren't shit, and people seem to have, uh, how quickly, how how soon we forget. Yeah. Um, question though, all this this talk about Dabo and Dabo being fired up about this fan. Do you think that um, kind of drives him with the game plan this weekend against Notre Dame? Does it make you a little bit worried? Are you afraid of that upset? Do you think it's coming? Ned, it's coming. Ned, it's coming. <laughs> I, I I am a little afraid of the upset, given especially given the spread is not very large. Yeah. Um. I don't think this put any more uh, fuel in Dabo's fire. I think they're, he's plenty fired up to win this game. And because he, even the rest of the season, it, it's gone badly. But you, you beat Notre Dame. You, you close the year out eight and four. You beat Notre Dame. You beat South Carolina. Could be a lot worse. So, you know, that's something to build on for 24. So I have no doubt that they're going to be fired up. Um, and. Hopefully they'll lose, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I just remembered I picked the Irish in this game, so they better win. Yeah, gun to yeah. your head, they better win. <laughs> yeah, they probably will. Yeah. I mean, come on, the Clemson stinks I, right now. They're not good, but Notre Dame's offense isn't very good either. Uh oh, <laughs> that's the problem here. If this was a Notre Dame offense that could score. 
I, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling bad at all, but once you get that first touchdown Saturday, you'll be like, we're good. Yeah. Notre Dame scores. And that makes the score Clemson 28, Notre Dame seven. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's get to the, let's get to that week 10 preview. Uh, we will not be really previewing that game. Um, to be honest with you, I think Notre Dame is going to win that game physically. They, they dominated them physically last year and that was a much worse Notre Dame team. So despite, and it's, it's, at noon in Clemson because that's how bad the Tigers are this yeah. year. Um, so they're not going to have the advantage of a raucous home atmosphere that they, that they might have otherwise expected. I think that favors the Irish. Um, I don't, uh, I've seen people being like, Notre Dame's going to kill them. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, you know, Hartman's never beat Clemson. Um, so I, I think Notre Dame wins close, but obviously I hope they blow them out. So, yeah, and if Notre Dame wins that game, they're sitting very pretty for New Year's Six Bowl, which I think is obviously the goal at this point. You yeah. Know, make, yeah. Make the Orange Bowl or whatever. Be a great, great objective goal win for them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Big one. Big one down in Tuscaloosa. I mean, this, this is this is what college football is all about. Maybe it's not what it's all, all about because – the ultimate of this would be Alabama at LSU at night, but you know, or Alabama at LSU. Um, but Bryant Denny's not bad. Tuscaloosa gets a little rowdy. Um, I think this is going to be a great game. Alabama is only favored by three points at home, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which for you gambling novices out there, home field is worth about a field goal. Mm-hmm. So this was played at you know the Georgia Dome or, or whatever. This would be a dead even game. So. I think we're going to see an absolute classic on Saturday night. Pat, I, I mean, I don't even want to analyze the game from like a schematic or like, oh, Jane Daniels is going to do this or, or you know, Malik Neighbors is going to do this. I'm just so fired up for this game. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how LSU offense will stack up against a very good uh, Crimson Tide defense. Yeah. Um, I, I'm – Straight up, I'm probably taking LSU and the points in this game. Um, Alabama's offense is not good. It's not good. It has it's been very underachieving this season. And you're telling me that Jaden Daniels can't keep up with that offense? I, it's going to be a close game. And I think uh, I said this before, and I've, I've actually picked Alabama in our pick 'em poll. Uh, um, but yeah. just talking about it now, like. LSU's offense is much better than Alabama's. Alabama's defense um, is spectacular. I'm taking Jaden Daniels in this game. Um, yeah, LSU defense is so bad, though. That it's I, true. I'm, it's true. I'm going. I'm going to be taking Alabama. There you go. Because they do have home field. I, yeah, they have home field. LSU's defense has been so bad. Jalen Milrow has started to figure out a few things. And that Alabama offense, they seem to have a go-to receiver in Jermaine Burton now. And I think that makes a really, really big difference. Um, LSU has really struggled in the back end. Uh, Secondary has not been great. They've not been generating a ton of pressure on the quarterback. And even if they were to be able to generate that pressure, I think Milrose's ability to extend the play, you know, whether he's he's scrambling or like just with design runs. So I I think that favors uh, Alabama here. Uh, Alabama knows that if they win this game, they're probably going to make the SEC championship and have a very good chance to make the playoff and, and win a national title. So I think they're going to be really focused. 
Um, in his big game, Brian Kelly, you know, he, he can't, he can't, can't do it in these it. spots on yeah, the road. You're right. So, you're right. yeah, I, I like Saban here. I like the tide. Um, but ultimately I, I'm just rooting for a classic. I just hope it comes down to the last minute. Yeah. It's going to be a close, close game. Definitely. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means. Um, but fuck Saban, baby. Let's go Tigers. There it is. Speaking of games that will definitely be an easy blowout that you won't have to worry about. Missouri, Georgia. Mm. Georgia is a 16 point favorite. This is the CBS three thirty game. Um, don't go those how tigers. Fe- how are we feeling, Patrick? Are, are we, are we a little worried? Or are we not worried at all? Um, after the Florida game, I'm not worried. Um, this game last year, Missouri was not great. It was um, a rock fight, and Stetson Bennett had to do some fourth quarter magic to get out of that one. But this game's at home. Um, Carson Beck has really come into his own over the past few yeah. weeks. Uh, the big question last weekend was how will this offense operate without their best offensive player and probably best player on the team in Brock Bowers, but they came out against Florida and seemed to be better at offense. Um, beating Brock the Florida by three touchdowns. Teammate. Yeah, maybe it's a bad teammate. I don't know. Yeah, just look into first. it. Is Georgia better without Brock Bowers? Who knows? Man, maybe I'm, I'm maybe be... we should just keep him out. Tell him to go to the draft. Just just opt out, dude. Yeah. We got I'd it from here. I'd be so good on sports radio. Just bam, <laughs> dropping that right away. Is Georgia better without Brock Bowers? Oh, yeah. Um. Yeah, like first game comes back, we lose. That'd be hilarious. Yeah. yeah. But it's a top fifteen matchup. Um. So there is some, you know, nervousness here. Uh. You never know what Georgia team's good because you know Georgia really hasn't proven themselves to everyone that they can you know be the number one team in the country with slow starts. But I have a feeling that. I think with the recent CFP uh, rankings that came out that Kirby and company have, you know, written it down like, okay, all right. Number two. Okay. Um, So I I think they're going to probably win this game by 16 points. I would love that. I would sit back and enjoy it. We can watch Bedlam together and not have to worry about this game. Um, But I'm not too worried about Brady Cook. Luther Burden, the second, the wide receiver, is fantastic. But Georgia's pass defense has been one of the better parts of that defense unit this year. So I think they'll have them under control. Yeah, that matchup, uh, Georgia's secondary versus Missouri's wideouts. Because outside of Luther Burden, um, they have some really good receivers. Um, you know, I've seen some people say it's the best wide receiver room in the conference. Probably. Which, you know, maybe that's a little surprising given Tennessee. But I mean, Tio Weiss, um, you know, Mookie Cooper, Marquise Johnson, like we have, like there are a lot of guys who can kind of, like Marquise Johnson especially, he only has nine catches this year, but he averages 30 yards a catch. Um, And he's got three touchdowns on nine catches. So that's someone you really got to be careful for, who's just going to pop the top off the defense there. Right, right. Um, So that's a matchup I'm really interested in. Um, and then if Cody Schrader can get anything going on the ground for the Tigers, that would go a long way. It doesn't have to be – we don't have to have five, six, seven yards of carry, but we need to stay above three. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, so if Missouri is able to do that, I think they maybe have a chance to stay in this game. But Georgia seems to have started to rev up, found that second gear. Um, I just like the dogs rushing attack to kind of carry the day. Keep the ball, keep the ball out of Missouri's hands. Agreed. 
Uh, just kidding. They were Missouri's going to win. Boo. <laughs> um, okay. Our, our next game is Kansas State at Texas. Uh, Texas is only a four point favorite here, and obviously Quinn Ewers' health uh, is a big question mark. It looks like he's not going to play. We're going to have Malik Murphy again, and Kansas State is going to be fine to drag this game down into the mud, um, play how they want to play. Um, they've quietly, you know, they struggled a little bit to start the year, dropped a couple. Um, they, they lost to Missouri, which I mean, that loss looks pretty good now. Yes. Um, on like, was it like a 60 something yard field yes. goal? Like from way downtown. Yep. The, uh, they lost to Oklahoma state on the road as well, which looked pretty inexplicable at the time, but Oklahoma state has completely turned a corner, uh, ever since they've settled on a quarterback. So this is kind of a dangerous team here that I, I think, I mean, I, I sort of forgot about them. Um, but they have won their last two conference games by a combined score of 82 to three. So <laughs> these guys are pretty serious uh, and they hammered a Houston team that Texas struggled with. So um, I- I'm interested to see how Malik Murphy is going to look against this experienced uh, deep Kansas state team. Maybe, you know, they don't have your deuce Vaughns or what have you, but um, do-, do you think that Kansas state can go into Austin and get the win? It's possible. Um, I, this is a sneaky good. This is a very sneaky good matchup for this weekend. Um, it, I think it's going to be high scoring. It's going to be back and forth. Uh, I really like what Kansas State is doing with their quarterbacks. Um, they're kind of going like a two hybrid quarterback role with Will Howard throwing it and then bringing in Avery Johnson to like have these like you know Joan Reed run plays. Um, they're really their their offensive identity is really interesting to watch and very cool. Um, Texas, very talented team. They're, you know, very, very good. They're probably, I think they're going to win this game, um, but it's going to be very close. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of agree with you. I think Texas has really worked on since bringing Sarkeesian in upping the physicality and the size and frankly, the meanness mm-hmm. of their other in the trenches. And I think that's going to, cause they've always had the skill positions. Like that's never been a question in yeah. Texas. Now they've got those big uglies and they're mean. And I think that's going to carry the day here uh, over Kansas state. Like you said, I think it's close, but I, I think Texas ultimately uh, escapes with the win. Right. Uh, Washington at USC. What do we think about USC at this point? Do we like they had a really claw like yank uh, victory from the jaws of defeat against Cal last week? Uh, Cal went for two to win the game, and, and USC you know held them off. They did not convert. USC wins fifty to forty nine um, against a Cal offense that isn't you know quite as good as Washington's. No. Um, how many points would um, Washington have to score? Before you think USC couldn't come back, sixty. Yeah, 70? yeah. <laughs> um, I I think I think we could see a hundred total points in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm, I'm what I'm watching. I mean, my, Michael Penix Jr. had a a pretty good game last weekend, but something seems a little bit off with him of late. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's that uh, chest hit a shot he took against yeah, Oregon a few Oregon. weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, that's what I'm going to keep an eye out on because if it's a slow start for Washington, it's not going to be good. Um, but the good news is that USC seems to have mailed it in. Yeah, they uh, look like they have quit. Um, so I'd probably say, let's say Washington goes up quick, 21-0, the game's over. Like maybe yeah. USC will have a comeback, 
but Washington's going to still score. Like it's, that, that that defense is so bad. There's no way they're not going to keep scoring. Yeah, that, that, I think that's a good point. That's what it's going to come down to. Like uh, USC's offense has to keep them in this game because Washington's going to score. Mm-hmm. And so, but Washington's defense has, has had a couple games this season where they've stepped up. You know, pretty effectively. They've struggled at a little bit as of late, but I mean, to open the year at 19, 10, 7 points allowed, um, you know, obviously they, they, they had some big stops against Oregon. Um, they didn't, while well, not necessarily shutting them down, so to speak. Um, but 33 against Stanford last week, it was on the road. Again, maybe they're looking ahead to this game, but it's a big question mark. And I, and I think this, we could, you know, like I say, college basketball is back. We could be looking at a college basketball score here. Yeah. Um, 72 to 68 yeah. or something. That'd be great. The over under in this game is 76 and a half, which I that's one of the highest I've seen all season. So Jesus. yeah. So get ready for that one folks. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think Washington's going to win, but the fact that <laughs> it's such a question mark, um, really, um, like Washington, they're only a three-point favorite, which I found a little surprising given how USC's effort has been. Yeah, uh, let's say in the past few weeks on, on defense, um, they're. Pro- and, I'm going to say they're going to win this game just because every matchup that USC has had to face against a competent defense, they have lost the game. Um, yeah. And Washington's defense is pretty competent. Like Notre Dame crushed them. Utah's stout yeah. defense. They you know lost by two in that one, but. Washington has a better office in Utah, uh, yeah. so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Huskies and that I mean this win will, I mean they USC has this game, then they have Oregon next week, and then they have UCLA. Um, they could yeah. go seven and five. Yeah, things got serious really quick for USC. They're gonna be at the guaranteed rate bowl, you know, as sure as hell that kid of Williamson playing in that game. No, they're gonna go to the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl. They wouldn't have to leave. They can sleep on their dorms. That's true. Yeah, things things got tough real early for them, didn't they? Um, yes. What a shame. Uh, other games of note, just games I'm kind of keeping an eye on. Uh, Kansas at Iowa State, seven o'clock ESPN. Kansas obviously coming off that big win we talked about. Iowa State is favored in this game. That's another team who was dead in the water. They lost to Ohio. Matt Campbell was trying to fight fans. Um, they had I remember that. Yeah. All the gambling suspensions. Um, and this team was two and three uh, after getting like blown out by Oklahoma um, in week five, and they looked like they were done for. But they've rattled off three straight conference wins. Granted, it's against the bottom of the conference, but they're four and one right now. Like they could easily win the Big Twelve at this point. Yeah, they could. Um, so I, I, well. I find that interesting. It's a game I got my eye on. Um, elsewhere in the Big Twelve. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. We talked bad about long, it. Um, bad one, baby. It feels wrong. This is in the afternoon. Yeah, I'm not great. That's why I want Georgia to put that game away quick so we can turn to this game. Yeah, but it also needs to be night when it's in still. Yeah, uh, last year's bedlam, or it was it might have been two years ago, but it, the just this game is always this matchup is always fantastic. Yeah, let, let's see. The sun is going to set at six twenty nine p.m. in Stillwater. I I don't I feel like the games this game is the sun might be setting as the game ends. But yeah, I feel like we're not going to get any of it in the actual dark. Uh, remember, folks, um, it's fall forward and spring back. So set your clocks ahead one hour uh, th- this this Saturday night. Oh no! 
I hate this part of time of year. We'd lose an hour of sleep and yeah, it's, oof. it's tough. Uh, uh, speaking of losing some sleep, late night Saturday night, UCLA is at Arizona. Mm. Um, UCLA is three point favorites here. Arizona has shown to be very feisty. Um, obviously, they blew Washington State out a couple weeks ago. Um, knocked off a very good Oregon State team at home last week, and so they're looking to collect another pelt here from from the Bruins. Um, Dante yes. Moore has been benched for Ethan Garbers. Yes, um, so that's a little intriguing there for the Bruins. Um, I'm I really looking I'm, for um, the the redshirt freshman quarterback for the Wildcats, Noah Fafifta. Um, very strange last name, but he has just been fantastic this season. Um, yeah, he's quite like I mean they they've had back to back ranked wins. They're feisty. Um, I have a feeling they're going to win again this weekend, and you know, especially being at home, um, the vibes are going to be immaculate for the Wildcats. Yeah, he's got 11 touchdowns in just four games passing. Yeah. Um, and the game he didn't have a touchdown in is when they blew Washington State out. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, he, he's been very good since, since taking over the starting role there. Jeff Fish um, has really done a fan. I say that we say this a lot, um, but he's done a fantastic job in Arizona uh, where yeah, two years I, ago players were quitting before he started. Um, yeah, I, I thought that was one of the worst hires. Yeah. Um, given he was just some guy from the Patriots. And uh, it feels like that's when you know things are going bad is when the yeah. team just goes, I, he, was on, he was on the Patriots. I don't know. He was an <laughs> offensive analyst. Yeah, but it ter- turns out he, he actually knew what what he was doing. They're one, um, win, they're one win away from a bowl. So that's yeah. huge for Arizona. I don't think they've been to a bowl game in six years. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, it has been a very long time, so I, I hope they can get it. Um, okay, let's get – oh, wait, sorry. Are there any other games you're, you're looking out for this weekend? Um, obviously, Clemson-Notre Dame is one I'm looking out on. I'll yeah. Say again, Notre Dame. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time shitting on this team, but Penn State-Maryland. Uh, no. How's Penn State, how's Penn State going to look in this game? No. Are, are they going to treat Maryland like they're Indiana, or are they actually going to – you know, Keep their head on straight. That, I, I don't really think that's going to happen, but that, that's just when I put it in the old tickler file. Um, what, about, uh, what about Ole Miss A&M? How do you feel about that one? Ole Miss should roll in this game. Um, they've the, Ole Miss is quietly chilling. They're, they're in the top 10 and no one's really said anything. Um, I want Ole Miss to win this game just so next week when Georgia plays Ole Miss, it is... Um, they're a little bit higher ranked, so everyone can shut up. Um, but I get that quality win. Yeah, uh, Jimbo sucks, and I, I I really like Ole Miss as a team, so they should not have a problem in this game. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, like you said, like oh, I just don't think A and M can score enough to keep up with Ole Miss. No, Ole Miss's defense has been is a lot more confident than it used to be. Um, and Texas A&M's offense is terrible. So I just don't see, even if A&M's defense, which is very good, um, can keep Ole Miss's offense like contained somewhat. I don't know if you can really fully contain this team um, unless you're Alabama, you know. But but this game is is, is at Ole Miss. Um, I, I, I think they'll win by, call it 10, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, one game that I'm really looking forward to, I think, that's 
probably won't be on a lot of people's radars is Louisville um, at home against Virginia Tech. Uh, Virginia yes. Tech has kind of turned. Virginia Tech has turned a corner. It seems um, they they could be going bowling this year, which would be a massive win for Brent Pry and the Hokies. Yeah. Um, I watched the Syracuse game last Thursday because like Thursday night Tech football is like just nostalgia for me. It's just like when Tech was great in those Thursday night games, they really hit. Um, yeah, they see the Thursday night game every single year. Yeah, and the when they how they played last Thursday, they it was like Beamer Ball. They they had a safety. They had so many sacks. They had like a sixty yard punt return. Um, this guy drones Kyron drone drones, uh, who took over for uh, Grant Wells is he is electric. Um, he has a cannon. Sometimes like. I was watching him like he would throw. He like, damn, he could throw it far, and then he throw it like twenty yards past the receiver. You're like, okay, a little too far, but he he's good. Um, and I I wonder if they're going to make a bunch of problems and issues for the Cardinals this weekend. It's something to keep an eye out on. Yeah, and I mean the winner uh, of this game is only going to have one conference loss, so they're really going to be. They might be able to crash the ACC championship game. Party. Yeah. Um, what about Iowa Northwestern? Look at that! Look at that over under. Look at it. Is it thirty? It's it's thirty and a half. Oh, it went up! It went up. Yeah, Brian Ferentz leaving, they knew I was going to open it up. See, but once people started talking about it being the lowest over under ever, they're like, okay, we'll bring it up a little bit. And it's at Wrigley Field as well. So on top of all that, it's at a baseball oh. stadium. And I believe the winds are going to be up. It is again November in Chicago. Yes. Um, so yeah, that game is going yes. to be a slop fest. We'll put that one on the main screen, please. Yeah. With sounds. Oh, dude, we'll just go off here, off the rip cuff here. Do you remember that eight overtime game we watched? <laughs> oh my! That yeah, that was at the last corporate retreat, Penn State, Illinois, and that that's when they switched. So after the second or third overtime, I, I can't remember quite what the rule was at that point. You had to just start going for two, and you know you basically only have in your playbook three or four two point conversions. So they ran out, and they couldn't. Neither team could score. It was one of the most brutal things I've ever. We were seen all just begging life. someone to end the game. <laughs> <laughs> just would not end. Yeah. yeah. Oh my. Uh, um, I want that, but just for all four quarters. Yeah, I think that's what you're going to get. Yeah. Um, okay, we, we got a last-minute listener question here. Um, he says, while Tom Allen should have been fired after be, after only being Akron in four overtimes, um, which head coach has the greatest chance of being fired at the end of the year? Who do you think is gone on their ass, no doubt about it? Shit. Um... Not Neil Brown. He's he's safe for another year. Um, Maybe Sam Pittman. That's something to look out for. He might be, depending on how Arkansas finishes this season. um, He could be gone. If if Syracuse loses to Boston College this this weekend on Friday night, him he's barbers. Yeah, yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Um, What about uh, Dana Holgerson? Yeah, I think Dan is probably gone. They too. fired their yeah. last coach when he had eight wins after a season. Yeah, and Houston has looked much worse coming yeah. down the stretch here. Um, if he if he if they had lost to West Virginia, he'd probably be fired. 
Houston's got Baylor this weekend. Yeah, Baylor wins that one. That might be it. And then, yeah, that's a tough stretch. Yeah, I, I don't think – I think Dana – he doesn't seem like a midseason one to me, but I think he is going to be fired eventually. Um, Stan Drayton to Temple I think is gone as well if we want to go outside the power five. Um, I would fire Brady Hoke at San Diego State. That team yep. is terrible. No He's going to be gone. That. Um, yeah, Pittman, that's a big one. Not, they won't fire Beamer. They won't fire Clark Lee. Uh, Sean Clark at App State. That's that's one to keep an eye out on. They they don't. I I know you're like oh they're four and four. They're two and two. They're App State, but they don't really tolerate that down there. They they expect to uh, win the Sun Belt uh, or certainly compete for it, and they are nowhere close right now. Yeah, those are um, all very good options. Yeah, I'm just scrolling the standings pages now, seeing if anyone jumps out to me. I don't. I know. Yeah, maybe Narduzzi. If things get, if like things get really bad in terms of like, because they're two and six right now. If they, if if he finishes like five and seven or, or even four and eight, I think they'll be okay. But if we get down into that three and nine range, certainly two and ten, and then like the the comments keep coming and, and the pr- the press conversations get worse and worse. Yeah, um, I, I think that's something to monitor. Yeah, um, if they play Florida State this weekend. Like they could get killed again. Um, yeah, think think things aren't going great there. So I, I don't know what his, his buyout situation is, but it might be time. It might be time. Let's check out what the score is to this Maction football game going on right now. Ooh, it's seven seven. Ball State yes. Bowling Green. How about that? Maction is back. There was snow last night. It was magical. That was nice to see. That that's how I was like, okay, this, this is Maction. This is we we are, we are back. Baby. Um, all right, well, that's going to be it for us. Um, we might have some bonus content coming out of the corporate retreat. Uh, we will see. Um, all right, we'll see everyone next week. Who knows? All the crowd